0: Jesus went on ahead, going up to Jerusalem. When he had come near Bethphage and Bethany at the place called Mount of Olives, he sent two of the disciples saying, go into the village ahead of you. And as you enter it, you will find tied there a colt that has never been ridden. Untie it and bring it here. If anyone asks you, why are you untying it? People kept spreading their cloaks on the road. And he was now approaching the path down from the Mount of Olives, the whole multitude of the disciples began to praise God joyfully with a loud voice for all the deeds of power that they had seen, saying, blessed is the king who comes in the name of the Lord, peace in heaven and glory in the highest heaven. Some of the Pharisees in the crowd said to him, Teacher, order your disciples to stop. He answered, I tell you, if these were silent, the stones would shout out. As he came near and saw the city, he wept over it, saying, if you, even you, had only recognized on this day the things that make for peace, but now they're hidden from your eyes, the gospel of the lord thanks be thank you vicky
1: good morning did anyone notice what is missing from our gospel text this morning well for one there are no palms Yep, that's right, no palms on Palm Sunday this year. The palms are in the Gospel of John. We're in Luke. We don't have leafy branches gathered from the field or tree branches either. Those are in Mark and Matthew. And there's something else missing from our text, and it took me the whole week to catch it. No anonymous crowds shouting their hosannas. So today in the Gospel of Luke, we don't get palms or faceless crowds or hosannas, just the disciples spreading their cloaks on the road as Jesus makes his way to the city of Jerusalem. Should we go ahead and rename today No Palm Sunday or Cloak Sunday? I'll let you decide. And yet here we are on this no Palm Sunday, giddy to watch the children raise their palms high and process through the worship center with their smiles and their laughter and their excitement. Here we are belting out all glory, laud, and honor, awakening our senses to the coming of the King. We have missed these rituals, haven't we? Do you believe it's been three long years since we've had a procession with palms like this? And it is good and faithful to practice what we believe that the kingdom of God is drawing near. It is good and faithful for us to get caught up in the moment. As Christians, we practice what we believe. And we enter into this story. We imagine being with this ragtag group of disciples on the road with Jesus that day. We imagine tears of joy streaming down dusty cheeks and threadbare garments flung on the ground for the new king. And we imagine a new kingdom drawing ever so near. We can imagine raucous victory cheers echoing from Bethphage and Bethany just a couple miles from Jerusalem, up the hillside to the Mount of Olives, down into the valley that lays just before the city walls. For some reason, the image coming into my mind is of rowdy college students pouring out into the streets because of a win in the March Madness Tournament. It must be that time of year. But I have to admit that what consumed me all week about this story was the juxtaposition of the disciples' sheer praise and joy and Jesus weeping over Jerusalem only moments later. When the disciples cried, Blessed is the king who comes in the name of the Lord. Peace in heaven and glory in the highest heaven. Did they know what kind of king they were cheering on? As I'm getting to know more of you, I have to confess that I have a love-hate relationship with social media. And here's why. I'm the kind of person that gets a little passionate and caught up in things in the moment. So say I'm reading about a movement to protect giant pandas. My son Jacob and I just got a glimpse of one of these giant pandas at the National Zoo when we were in Washington, D.C. over spring break, and it was a beautiful creature, And so I'm reading this post about giant pandas online and I'm getting really excited about this great organization and I'm really feeling for these pandas. And suddenly I'm distressed thinking about what kind of a world we live in where giant pandas would be threatened to extinction. And now I'm donating to the organization. And I'm liking their post with a big thumbs up and then switching my like to a love because that's what I'm really feeling in the moment and then maybe replying with a double or triple or quadruple heart in the comments for good measure. I'm being a little tongue in cheek here, but the point is this friends, I don't know anything about giant pandas. And I don't know anything about the organizations that serve to protect them. I can learn about them, but that's gonna take some work. When we wave our palms this morning, we are double, triple, quadruple, hearting a king. But who are we cheering on? Who is he? We might expect that the disciples cheering Jesus on that day were the ones who would have known him the best. They were learning from Jesus as a prophetic teacher and as a preacher. They were bearing witness to cleansings and healings and miracles and deeds of such great power along the way. And had they not been privy even to Jesus predicting his own death, The disciples were right there in the action, and still they didn't completely recognize the king. They had hopes and dreams that were wrapped up in scriptural promise and political expediency. They longed for a leader who would rule the nations with glory and worldly power, force, and expediency. But they did not know this king. They didn't recognize a king who came to give life and not take life away. They didn't completely recognize a king who came to show what love really looks like, even if it means rejection, suffering, and death. They didn't recognize a king who came to change hearts and inspire justice and peace. If you, even you, had only recognized the things that make for peace, cries Jesus as he draws near to the city. But now they are hidden from your eyes, he says. Is Jesus speaking to the authorities and people of Jerusalem? Is he speaking to the disciples who fail still to see him for who he is? Is he speaking to us over 2,000 years later who still have problems connecting the dots? Or all the above? As I got up to write this sermon early early one morning this week, I was safe and warm in my home. My kids were happy and healthy and chirping away as we all greeted the new day. But in a place very far from home called Bucha, Ukraine, volunteers were carrying the bodies of murdered civilians out of graves once thriving cities have been reduced to rubble. And in a place very close to home, Minneapolis, the city has been voted to be one of the best places to live in the country. Yet at the very same time, the city has one of the largest racial inequality gaps in the nation unbridled violence, stubborn injustice. If only we knew the things that made for peace. But they are hidden from our eyes. He is a strange king, this Jesus that we celebrate today. And you and I and our broken world cry out to know him better. So as we enter Holy Week, let us be a people who not only praise Jesus with our lips and our palm waving and our hosannas, but who open ourselves up with intention to the fullness of this strange king, to his path to the cross, to his self-sacrifice, to his kind of justice and his way of peace. Amen.